Hey, movie lovers, welcome back to another Anatomy of Movie here on the Popcorn Tot Network. Today, we take on the biggest heist of the century in Ocean's 8. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the lore of the oceans is back via Ocean's 8. This time, it's the gals who get a chance to pull off the biggest heist. There's eight on their team. There's four on our team, starting with Marissa Serafini. Hello, everyone. Dimitri Panos. Hey, movie fans. And joining us for the very first time here on Anatomy of Movie, Taylor Gates. Hey, guys. I'm excited to be here. Welcome to the show. A couple things administratively right off the bat. Number one, just so you know how we pull off this show. <laughs> we will be spoiler-filled, so we assume you've seen the movie. Therefore, if you haven't, go check it out. And especially when, when it's a heist movie like this. The fun is in not knowing. So go do that. Uh, secondly, if you want to follow along with us, we do have our rundown provided for you in the description. That way you can check it all out and, uh, and, and get some information that we might not always get to as we dissect this movie. As we always do, let us start with overall thoughts, which is a nice entry point into sort of where we stand on the movie. Marissa, kick us off. I really enjoyed this. I, I was a big fan of Ocean's Eleven. Not so much 12 and 13, but I did like Ocean's Eleven. I thought it was really great. And this Ocean's Eight really followed the formula of, of the previous pre- predecessors, you know. And I, and I really liked it. Um, it was very simple. Sometimes I felt it a little too simple. But still fun watching women just be smart and use their cunning skills, use their intelligence and their beauty at the same time. Uh, it's, a, it's an empowering movie for women, especially in today's age, where we have the whole Me Too movement. It's coming out at a perfect time of, of Hollywood, and it's it's a fun movie, and I enjoyed it. Taylor? I definitely agree with Marissa. I think that there was a lot of fun in it. I think that the plot could have been maybe a little more complex, maybe a little more conflict-filled, and a little more tension. Um, I actually have never seen any of the other ones, so the appeal for me was I just really liked all of the cast members and their performances and their characters definitely didn't disappoint for me. And Dimitri? Yeah, yeah, through the trailers I was looking forward to this movie because of the cast. Um, and, and, and I enjoyed the, the, the Oceans movies and what Soderbergh did. And when I saw this movie I was actually sort of kind of left very limp. Uh, I didn't find that this, I thought that this movie stranded its actresses. It really didn't give them much to do and I figured for an Oceans 8 movie really only one came out to play and had a good time, and that was Anne Hathaway for me. She really stood out in this picture. Everybody else was really didn't have a whole heck of a lot to do. I found that the, that, that the job itself, like when you compare it to we're stealing from the Met Gala or we're stealing from Bellagio, which one's cooler? Well, the Bellagio in Vegas is a lot cooler. There was a lot more going on. And there were no real stakes in this movie other than stealing the jewels and, and everything going on. There was no villain, so to speak. And I just, I was really disappointed that I, I wanted these, I, I, liked, I liked the actresses in this movie. They really weren't given much to do. And at the end of the day, it was sort of kind of like a flat movie for me. Mm-hmm. I did have a little bit of that sentiment. I wanted a little bit more. As far as the antagonist, I thought Claude could have been that antagonist because I know specifically they didn't want the women, even Anne Hathaway in particular, to be antagonistic. So I appreciate that. Uh, you know, one of the interesting, 
to kind of kick us off, and this is primarily for the women, um, there's a there's a quote I read, and I wish I had written it down because I overheard it and I didn't have a chance to write it down. But basically, it said, "We as women, when we say we wanna, we want the same roles as men, it's not literal." And so I want to get your perspective on that because we've had Ghostbusters now, we've had this, like, just what does that mean to you as far as that? Because we, we're rebooting something, but with women in it. But I want to get their perspective first. Same roles. I mean, it depends on what you would define as a male role compared to a female role. I think if you want to be like, if a woman wants to be president, have that type of role i can understand it would be like women should get the chance to but this is a film maybe more i wouldn't say role quote unquote i would say more respect as as men get in their roles women should get the same equal amount or even more respect for women in their particular it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline roles as well so i think role is too generic and broad of a term to actually define it as one thing see i am i personally don't mind when they like do these reboots do these spinoffs and cast women in them i know some people do have problems with that for the reason you said like we want our own unique sort of roles but i don't know i don't really mind it especially if they put their own special touches on it and it's not just like word for word the exact same script and I think that this movie in particular had enough of that distinction at least from what I've heard because I haven't seen the other ones that it was a whole new movie it wasn't just a cut and paste of the other ones Standalone, well, very strong by itself, and it's a, it's kind of like a spinoff with some nods to the old oceans, but it's not an ocean. You can't compare the two because they're apples and oranges. Um, and that's the let me introduce that. That's the voice of Juliet oh. in the booth. So that well, way. I'm going to disagree Dimitri, with that. You, you said earlier that you know what's more cooler, stealing from the Met or stealing from Casino. I think that question is completely subjective. If you're a woman, I think it would be cool to steal from. Yeah, from but, if but you're a male, you might think it's cool if you're still. This movie did not have, and, and again, it, it, I think it was the screenwriting and the direction. This movie didn't have that coolness in the dialogue. It, it didn't give the actresses anything to do. And I, where I disagree with you, Julie, is this movie, number one, it was such a thin, unnecessary thread. I don't consider this movie a, a reboot, to be honest with you. I sort of kind of continue, see it as a continuation. It's within this world, and they make that thread clear. When Elliot Gould shows up, you didn't even see the movies. He's a main character, and he's sort of kind of the in the in the in the other ocean movies. He's sort of kind of the guy that puts these the, these people together. So it's a it could have been a standalone movie had they not called it Ocean's 8. They could have made that. I understand from a marketing point of view, I don't get it. Was Warner Brothers maybe too afraid that people wouldn't have gone to a woman, an all-woman heist film? I would disagree with that assessment. I think the women deserved better. And I really don't think that this movie 
needed to be associated with the previous Ocean movies. It could have been its own. It could have been its own entity, but it's not. They really put it, and they made it a point to put it in this world by having cameos from the other movies. Uh, uh, she's related to Danny Ocean, who's George Clooney, and there's a picture of George Clooney there. Um, I think it would have been better had it been not an Ocean's 8 movie, just call it uh, Heist at the Mat or, or, or Jewel Thieves or something. Well, and, usually and we, we could have resonated better. We usually talk about direction towards the latter part, but I, I want to bring it up because, you know, I think it had the elements there, but no offense to Gary Ross, he's not Steven Soderbergh. Like, he's trying to take the style that was there, and I think if, if he, if, if Steven had done the movie, I think it would have lived up to what we really wanted to, and I think, unfortunately, that's where it does fall flat for me, because the script itself, you know, they'll cite it, we did use a lot of improv, and we had a very loose script. And I, 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 I see the evidence of that on screen. It's not as the, the details of the heist. You know, that, that's the stuff that they certainly plotted out very heavily. But it doesn't connect as strongly as I would have hoped. I really enjoyed the improvisation, though, because it did feel like these characters... like it, 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 I think the actors got to put their own sort of touches on them, and it made it feel very natural. I know that you mentioned in the rundown the scene where Aquafina and Mindy Kaling, they're like doing the Tinder exchange, was like all improvisation. And I think that's a lot of fun and just made it feel natural to me. But also, you do have to remember, like, yes, Steven Soderbergh did the, the earlier movies. He, he directed the first one, you know, and produced the other ones. But it's also, he has such a different visual stylization and mm-hmm. how he puts his movies together and, and the writing in his in films. For all of his television and movies and all of his projects, he has a s- signature look. That's why it is so different from Gary Ross's version, even though I felt this one was definitely lighter in tone which is great uh, because the first one is kind of boring. I mean, it's very, uh, don't kill me for saying boring, but it's very straightforward in in that sort of way too. And like this one had a fun pace. Um, They're they're just completely different tones from Ocean's 11 to Ocean's 8. Talking about Gary Roth, his best movies, definitely not The Hunger Games, but movies like Seabiscuit and Pleasantville, they're, they're crowd pleasers. That's what he's good at, at, at producing. That's what he's good at directing. And I don't feel that he's definitely... I don't feel he's suited for this type of a movie. And we're, we're Ocean's Eleven... And, and let's, let's be clear. Ocean's Eleven is a remake of a Rat Pack movie that starred Frank Sinatra, uh, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. Soderbergh remade it with another high-octane cast... Um, in that movie, there was a cool factor to it. Part of it was that it's in Vegas. Part of it was the cast. Part of it was the dialogue. But you had a villain that, had they not pulled off, they were gonna, they were gonna. He was one of the big guys in Vegas. That their lives were on the line here. There were no stakes in this movie other than maybe she goes back to jail. Like that was it, and she was doing revenge on the 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 antagonistic guy. I mean, I couldn't see him pulling off anything. I mean, he wasn't that bright of a guy to begin with. And he was definitely no, like, there was no threat by him whatsoever. Like, he was only being there, like, he was he was the revenge plot point. So, 
I just don't think Gary Ross was able to a write um, a a better script for these women, which I think that the women deserved. And for from a direction standpoint, he just he can't couldn't can't pull that off. That yeah, well. it, to be honest, I, I think it is my biggest criticism, and we'll switch to the talking about the girls and all that. But as far you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I've heard a lot of complaints from women the fact that like it seems like a guy shot this like ooh we have to have feet Let, let's just shoot that oh we have to have these cool dresses and it's not to say that 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 shouldn't be part of it because that I get that is the appeal but it wasn't done from the perspective of a woman as far as like what makes it cool it's like oh you know like in movies you're obligatory like nude shot just because you're not not obligatory you're gratuitous nude shot and this was like oh well let's just get a not a gratuitous I'm not using the word correctly in this sense but like let's just shoot some dresses because we have to I was a little curious why they didn't go with a female director to be honest I mean it, there there might have been just better choices and they would have had for me that there, if this movie was very, just very flat and unfortunately I didn't find much chemistry and, and part of what made the Oceans movies good is that the cast whoever they were able to pull in like they looked as if they were having fun. This movie, they looked like they were just going through the motions. Except for Anne Hathaway, got it. She was having fun. In fact, I was like, going, why isn't she leading this group? Like, she's great. She's she's like fantastic. I don't know. I um, disagree with that. Honestly, like it felt like they were having fun to me, and I thought that the mixture of personalities, like all of the characters, were so distinct and had their own, you know, issues and lives. And we only got glimpses of that, but I felt like even in those little glimpses, we could exactly tell who they are. And when they all got together, it felt like they were hanging out, and it felt like there was chemistry there to me, at least. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. Everyone had completely different personalities, and you understand who's who in which role, because that's how the, the other Oceans movies, they had that setup of who's who and what they're going to do. So, like, and I like that this movie had a lot of the same beats, but beats that still work, even though we're technically repeating them. It's okay, because we understand the flow, and we understand these people, and who's bringing what to the table. I always thought they had fun. You can definitely tell that they were in it, um... Yeah, for the money, but it's because they're what they're good at, you know. And so, and we had the individual moments where they all had their one shining moment in whatever field that they were in. But what did they do? Like, like what did Kate? Well, what did Kate Blanchett's character actually? She runs do? a nightclub. Like, okay, she runs a nightclub. Okay, great. She's in a heist movie. What does she bring to the table from a heist movie? Like she's undercover. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Hold on, hold on. You gotta, you gotta come in a little bit differently. No, and it's, it's too no, many voices. No, no, that's fine. She just blew my ears out. That's okay. Um, I, I, I'm fine with that. But I'm just each person needed to be something more. They didn't really bring anything to the table other than you had. Um, uh, the hacker girl, um, Eight, nine, nine ball, nine ball. Hey, come on! Like that, if that wasn't stereotypical, like what did she do? And like you're telling me that these people don't know how to turn on a computer? Like, well, it's she's they're just hacking the into the cameras. I get she that. She the security cameras. Sure, but do you know how to but, change but, security cameras? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. The, no, the metals. <laughs> but I mean, 
we, you know, it's like she's the hacker that can get into everything, but yet they they play everybody else who's supposed to be really smart and planning on a thing. It's like, yeah, you forgot to turn it on. It's like they were relying on jokes too. That 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 was in the old. trailer. Wasn't in the movie. Well, there was another part that was in the trailer that was funnier in the trailer than it was in the movie too, with Minnie Kaling, and they showed the mother. Would you rather be with your mom or whatever? She goes, oh, I can do it in two hours or whatever. But that's. Mindy Kaling, she had a, a 3D printer. Like, she didn't... All she did was put jewelry together. It wasn't like she was, like... She appraises making, it. She she figures out what it is. But she doesn't have to appraise fake jewelry. Like, again, they, to me, they didn't bring anything really to the table as much. And, and I believe that the actresses just deserved a little more. You had this woman who did three-card Monty, and she was a great hustler... But then they go back to an old joke that worked in 48 hours between Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy with her stealing the watches. It's like, um, give me my watch back, please. Oh, you saw that. Oh, yeah. Give her a watch back, please. This is an old joke. And again, I'm trying to see what was her sleight of hand that she was doing other than... Security she, cards. Yeah, but she, I mean, she didn't even, she needed a gimmick to get the, oh, so sorry, 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 um, to get the necklace off of her. It wasn't like she did it by her sleight of hand. She had this demagnetizer and she slipped it off while Anne Hathaway was throwing up in the bathroom. So I just felt that the script, they deserved more. They, they, they just deserved a better script and story. And that's why I wish they had taken this out of the Ocean's world and given them their own, like, their own good heist movie. That's all. I'm just saying they deserved better as women. Fair enough. Well, let's start. Let's talk about Debbie Ocean, right? She's... She's the linchpin of all of this, and, uh, you know, she's the one that, that puts all of this together. Um, you know, and in, in a sense, it, it's interesting to see the, the, the motivation develop over time because it's it's not really just she just wants to do this just for fun. She's doing it because of Claude, we eventually find out. So we want to get you guys' perspective on on sort of that as a revenge plot and, and the twist of not knowing initially, but but then it comes back later. I mean... Sorry, go ahead. I, I like the fact that she did have time just to sit in a solitary confinement to plan it out step by step. And, and I think that kind of added to the fact that it seemed like it went so smoothly because she thought about it for so long. When you go back to the other movies, they're like, hey, let's do this because it sounds like fun. And they've, they've found their ways through each situation on the fly through it. I mean, this one was so calculated step by step. I like that that was her character. Um, she seemed smarter than Danny. Sorry, I said it. Yeah, and see, and I, the other, the Ocean's Eleven, they were really planned out, but shit happened that they had to go on the fly. This job, including the twist of stealing all the jewels, um, went so well that they had to incorporate somebody from Ocean's Eleven, the acrobat guy from that movie, to come in to do the actual heist heist uh, in that movie. And again, I just found that that was such a... Again, you didn't see the Ocean's Eleven movie, so you had no idea that this that the acrobat... And again, it just comes out of nowhere. Oh, I had a really good friend of mine. And it's and it's this Asian guy that, if you remember the Ocean's movie, he was the acrobat, and they stole yeah. the other jewels. Now, I, I like that they all get more money, but to me, the best part is, is when Anne Hathaway is coming in with... Um, I think it's Sandra Bullock, and, it's, and she's like, you're all a bunch of bad actresses. Yeah. She goes... I knew what you were up to right from the right from the get go. She goes, so you're either going to cut me in 
and, and I'm going to go with it, and I won't say anything. And I was like, I'm glad that she's part of the group. You know? Yeah. I, and she was, to me, she that was That wasn't the most spoiler fun. at all. With the promotions and marketing, we definitely knew Anne Hathaway's was gonna character was going to yeah. be in, like, was in on the whole thing. Well, going back to Debbie's planning, I feel like I'm sort of torn between your opinion and your opinion, um, because I do like the fact that it was so heavily premeditated that nothing went wrong, because she thought of literally everything. But from a storytelling standpoint, I agree with you. Like While I like that it showed her brains and her intelligence and how thoroughly she planned this out, it could have been, the stakes could have been higher if things were to go wrong. So it's like, there's pros and cons to each from like a watching perspective. I, I did kind of wish that more things would have would have come up so that they had to solve so we could see their intelligence in action rather than just assuming that she'd planned everything out so perfectly. Yeah, and they did... Oh, sorry. They, they did have, like, little moments where they did have to think, quote-unquote, on the fly. When the security guard was closing in and she was running out of time de- demantling the, the, the necklace. So, like, that added some tension there. The whole necklace just getting that up. They had to bring in another person just to try to figure out how to pry it off. So, like, they did have their small conflicts which were easily resolved but they did have like obstacles that they had to go through in this movie you know the interesting part when when you talk about movies like this and and Nolan Christopher Nolan goes on record as saying the only movie that's acceptable to have full exposition is a heist movie Mm -hmm. and because you you in essence what you're doing is you're setting up expectation and this is then this is how it's actually does happen if you want to ever see the funniest version of that i think horrible bosses 2 has the fullest like the version of the two (laughs) anyway not to digress but the 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 fact of it being i think that's where it um as far as this maybe it didn't i I think it could have used stronger language to identify okay what are we doing what are we doing what do we expect to happen and then as it's happening you know that's where we in because as you said marissa it's small things but what makes it fun is as an audience because we know what's supposed to happen any small diversion from that we're already guessing Ooh, how's that going to affect it Ooh, the the, the the pin that she was supposed to pick up has been left there what's that going to do you know and that's that's the fun of a heist movie and i think you know they just need to bridge the two of the planning to the to the to the execution mm-hmm. and even if the things were small it would have been fine right and you also mentioned heist movies good exposition there was a good sequence of exposition while this was happening this is happening and that happens you know with magic magic <laughs> and illusions like and like I the one I can think of right off the top of my head like now you see me has a great twist quote unquote that where you're you're dividing, diverting the audience's attention here, but over here, something else is happening. So, like, this movie, it worked for that. Fair enough. Um, well, I, I'm glad you guys appreciate it. Um, let's talk about, um, since we've been mentioning Anne Hathaway, let's, let's talk about her because she's a very, she's set up as an interesting character, Daphne, you know, and she's the one who's gonna wear this necklace and whatnot. Um, and I, I really appreciate because she, it almost in a sense, when you talk about the fun of her, I think she's playing to what people think of her in real life in terms of stereotype. I don't know. That's just the impression I got. And it's, and it's funny because I doubt that she's really like that in real life. Right. Of a rich narcissistic celebrity? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I mean, from the outside perspective in middle class America or, middle, or just middle America 
in general would think that's that's your you know snap judgment of celebrity especially one who can attend met gala which is so prestigious anyways maybe but it is because i love anna hathaway in her career we've talked about her at length in other anatomy movies i think she's great personality she's great and in, in real life so like i'm glad her character was felt so different from what we usually see on a day-to-day basis of her I agree. I thought she was a lot of fun, and she definitely had her over-the-top sort of moments, but all in all, she didn't feel like a caricature to me. Like, she felt, like, somewhat realistic, and she brought a lot of fun to the table, and we had the sort of twist. Like, I knew she would come in eventually, but the way she came in, like, her choosing to do so, sort of, in a way, I thought was a fun kind of, like, not exactly what I expected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's... I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but that is a slight diversion from the other Oceans movies. Because as even though things come up, they're never underhanded. And, and to the fact that she did say, like, you're all terrible actresses, and I knew what was happening from the get-go, yeah, it makes it interesting. And it does make you think back, like, the fact that she made out with Claude multiple times. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, she's not just being a, a whore, let's say. Right, and but it's also, it's it's fun to see... Daphne also have kind of somewhat of the same motivation towards the same guy as Debbie did. So once they had that commonality, they're like, yeah, we can play on the same team. And I get that. Yeah, and I think with, with Anne Hathaway's character, again, I, I, I felt that she was the most fun to watch. But, you know, as an actress and as a person, she's had she's had a self-realization. You know, she's she's been in interviews where she said, you know, as an actress, she goes, women who are she goes, I was at the age that women are now to play women my age. And they were going to younger women. And I was getting those roles before that I'm not getting now. And so, and that's a sad statement. I, I like the self-realization. And I'm glad that she's still working, to be quite honest. I mean, she was a great Selena Kyle in The Dark Knight Rises. I thought she was fantastic. I think she can play comedy actually really well. Uh, she should be cast in more, she, she she can be cast in comedy. She can be cast. She started uh, in comedy. Yeah, if she, you go back to Disney, and she was very good in um, Princess Diaries. Yeah, but she was so, good in that serious started? movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, where she was the love um, and other drugs. Love yeah, and other yeah. drugs. Uh, she's so really good. super in that. So, but it, and again, I think in this movie, I would have liked her to lead because she could be that. Hey, come on. Like we're we're doing. I liked her. She had a she had a life. She she had well, this spark in her. I, really I think that we needed this like the sort of straight man, so to speak, though of Debbie, though because she, like we're seeing a lot of things through her eyes, and I think it might have been too much to like just have the Daphne character as the focus. I felt like it would have been a little bit almost too quirky. I think that Debbie grounded us a little more. I also love Debbie for, I mean, love Sandra Bullock. She's amazing as well, Mm -hmm. and we'll get into her. But also, I felt that this role for Debbie does actually work when she's older. And not to say Sandra Bullock is old, but it it definitely makes it more believable with this lead character of Debbie that she's older, she's more experienced, she knows what she's done. She's been through more life experiences than Daphne would, considering she's still younger, geared more towards the millennial generation, whereas Debbie's not. Yeah, I didn't say I wanted Daphne to lead the group. Mm -hmm. I wanted Anne Hathaway to either be Debbie or or I wanted Ian Hathaway to lead the group in one way, shape, or form. Um, you know, as far as Ocean is concerned, I mean, they're they're 
and, and I like Sandra Bullock a lot as well, but again, for me, she was just lacking... That character, Danny, was lacking charisma. You mean Debbie to, or Debbie, Danny? Debbie, forgive me. Debbie was just lacking the charisma um, of being the head of eight women, uh, getting them on board. I, I like, I mean, where Sandra Bullock works is her, she can be very sardonic. And I love when she can be, she can be sarcastic in that way. I like that. But I didn't find that character. And again, I just think it was the writing wasn't, and again, I'll say the same thing with Kate Blanchett as well. It just didn't give him much to do. I wanted her to be more of a force and more, I wanted her to be more charismatic. I wanted people like you, I'd buy her as like, yes, I would follow her in doing this extremely dangerous job that we could all either die or be put away for life in prison. I want somebody to to follow like that. And I just didn't think that that character was written as such. And maybe it was all the improv. Maybe because it wasn't really written if there was a lot of improvisation. So, See, I found Lou super charismatic, though. Like, you didn't, the Kate Blanchett character. See, I did, and so that's why I thought that they made such a good team. Like, of course, Debbie Ocean was at the center of it, but Lou was very clearly her right-hand woman, and they were almost, it felt like partners. And so I felt like their balance and their um, partnership and chemistry kind of just balance each other out so well and so that's why it was convincing for me because you weren't just getting Debbie you were getting Debbie and Lou kind of at your head well what was to me I, I appreciated that and I got that but it, it got undermined there's that great moment where they're talking about hey this isn't for revenge is it like you're not doing a job to do a job and Debbie in that moment I feel kind of lies to her and what's interesting is like without having told her I, all the finer details to pull off the entire thing, they don't work. Like, it's like, yeah, of course it's a job on a job because we're going to frame him. And while they're looking here, like, to Marissa, with your point, like the magic trick, here's going to be the illusion. Look here, but we're going to steal all this. And so without Lou, let alone the rest of them, how are they going to know that? It's all de- very dependent on, on them knowing everything. Yeah. Right. I'm like, and I get that. And I did like how Lou would question she is that person who'd be like you are too confident debbie in all of this and she there has to be the one person who doubts at, at certain points but that's what i liked about their friendship because they in a way they do balance each other out like you were saying yeah yeah so i you know and i i pre i wanted you know it was interesting because i i would have wanted to see more of those friendships kind of um sarah Paulson, like there, the fact that she got brought in, like everyone else was sort of new to the to the fold, you know. But but the three of them really showed like they had a friendship. And um, I wish if we weren't spending time on the heist, I would have wanted a little bit more of them. And it seemed like it, just a bigger balance of the two of the heist and the friendship. I like Tammy's garage. <laughs> <laughs> like that was that was funny. What are you doing all these for, Ma? Where are you getting all this from? eBay, eBay. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I mean, so, you know, Sarah Paulson was was fine, and, and then, like I said, Tammy's garage, and at the end, she's got people with forklifts, yeah. everything. So, uh, you know, did she go legit though, or is she really running a warehouse out of? Oh, there's goods? no way she went That's legit. Question. None of them went legit. No. <laughs> Um, which is actually an interesting notion. Uh, I think Brianna in particular, and also Anne Hathaway, they talked about like the notion of making sure that like they're not condoning thievery and they're not trying to 
No, but seriously, like, you know, like, when we talk about the power and icon of of celebrity and especially, like, young women, like, if this is all women have to look up to, don't let the takeaway be, hey, go into crime. Right. But also, that's the same message for Ocean's Eleven. With with young boys looking up to these guys, Brad Pitt and George Clooney, hey, thievery of a casino is also not good as well. So I think that's... Completely a double standard if you're thinking about it that way. Yeah. I, yeah, it's the I exact same I can't message. even imagine thinking about it that way. It's For me, it's I'm going into a heist movie. I'm looking for entertainment, whether I'm holding these people in, you know, in high standards. Um, you know, okay, so they're the quote-unquote bad guys, but at the end, you want to care enough for these characters to root for them so they pull off the heist. And that they all go off into the sunset. You know, and speaking of heist movies, too, it was about a year ago. I think it was a year ago. I mean, we did Logan Lucky. Yeah, that was Which, summer. again, uh, that was a fun heist movie. That is... That uh, was the Soderbergh. Yeah, it was Soderbergh again. Um, and, and, and you had good women in that movie, strong women in that movie, and you had great characters. They each brought something to the table because they were characters. They had good stuff throughout the entire thing. You got the motivations. It, too, had a twist that we didn't see it coming. Um, So it it brought me back to that movie, too, as far as other heist movies. And I see no reason why a woman can't do movies like The Italian Job or other heist movies. There's going to be a movie coming out called Widows, um, which I've seen the trailer for, in which a a group of widows uh, rob a bank. It's a heist movie with women, and it's not tied into anything that I'm aware of. This movie should have been that movie. Um, not Widows, but they could have. we could have had a heist movie not so deeply tied into Oceans. But from a marketing standpoint, and I'm very curious when we talk about it, how much do you think the Oceans name lent to box office? I think a lot. I mean, Jerry Weintraub, who originally said that he would never... <clears throat> They would never be able to recast a movie like Ocean's Eleven. That's why he didn't he didn't want to make anything else. But then when he saw this cast, they got excited for it. And I think, you know, to their credit, this is an extremely wonderful cast, and I, I am excited about the cast. But I think that's where it, it it almost I don't know maybe it was an Achilles heel of like oh my god we assembled this amazing cast well we got it all mm. like, no 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 let's let's continue to push ourselves out just a little bit more. That's well, why did you go to the movie? Because you said you hadn't seen the previous It was one. because of the cast. It definitely was. Like, I think they're all... I mean, come on, Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett. Like, their names just carry so much weight, and I'm, like, huge fans of them. And because they have such a big fan base, um, especially with, I think, the, you know, younger generation or whatever who haven't necessarily seen the other Oceans movies, like, these are just... It's, it's the cast. It's the cast. Julie, how about yourself? What was your... Juliet. Juliet, what was your what was your what was your take? Like, did you go because of the ocean's name, or was it cast? I think a little bit of both, um, to be honest with you. I adore the cast. I've been following these women for years, and big fans of them. And then Oceans is just it's 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 a legacy that I, I feel like I'm part of. The first Ocean movies really changed my life. The first movie I've seen of its kind. Um, so that's, I was all in. So if this movie didn't have oceans attached to it with the cast, you would you have still gone? Would you have still wanted to have seen it? Yeah, just because of the actors. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I'll let you speak in one moment, Marissa. Like, for me, 
I think that the Ocean's name is a smart play. Like I think it sets it you is. up in terms of tone, and I like I really like the tone of Oceans, and I don't mind that it's it's women not necessarily getting original. I think it's fine. You know, so I I wasn't on both fronts, both from the actress standpoint and both from the movie. Marissa? Yeah, I mean, and I don't want to, like, keep repeating what Julia and Taylor have said, but I grew up with these actresses. I am a big fan of Ocean's Eleven. It's the only Ocean's film that I actually own on (laughs) on DVD um, or Blu-ray, one of the two. You've seen the others, though? Yes, I have seen the others, but I said it at the top. Like, the 12 and 13 weren't that great. Ocean's Eleven was solid. And it, because of the franchise, quote-unquote, the F-word, that helped this movie. But also just the cast right now. Ocean's Eleven was timely with the, their cast. This movie is timely with the cast. Yeah. These women have won Academy Awards within the last five years. Mm-hmm. The top three women, we had Anne Hathaway, Kate Blanchett, and Sandra Bullock. They literally have won Academy Awards in the last and five, six years. It's so, so cool. It's very timely for casting. Yeah, and they pulled from so many different areas. Like, we have Rihanna, we have Mindy Kaling, who is like used to be the star of a hugely popular Comedy. show, The Office, um, Aquafina, a female rapper, very popular with the sort of millennial generation. Helena Bonham Carter. Like, they just pulled from so many different areas, and it was so neat to see them all mesh together and get to play around, because when else would they ever almost interact? Let me ask, well, speaking of that, let me ask you guys this. Do you feel, perhaps, because having read enough of this, uh, they it was very problematic for them because of Mindy's schedule with the show, and it was very problematic with Rihanna's schedule, uh, and I get that they're, that's two out of six, two out of eight right there, uh, but is that part of the reason why maybe some of this, this the development wasn't as strong? Is just because they couldn't get them all in a room, like or they could, but it wasn't as long as they perhaps would have wanted to, and they just have to get what they got. Yeah, I think in production standpoint, we know that happens a lot, mm-hmm. um, and like it could have added to the fact that maybe we only got a handful of moments when they're in together, but also the scenes where you see Mindy Kaling, she's usually only interacting with one, maybe two other people. I never thought of that until you just said that. Individually, yes, like right. very rarely she's actually with all eight, so yeah, it could have been much, but also it could have been a testament to the writing. Maybe they just didn't write her character with a lot of scenes with everybody to fully flesh them all out. The scenes with everybody were my favorite scenes, though, I have to say, where they're all kind of sitting around the computer and they're, like, teaching them what they're going to do. I just love that when they all gathered into that one room and everyone's... You can just hear everyone's kind of distinct voices. I thought those were the most fun. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's... You know, having kind of talked it out loud, I think that's what the... If they had more time with them, would have made it stronger. Because even if they're not saying anything... You can always go visually in the frame. That's what's great about a movie, and see their reaction, the way they're acting, and so forth, and it fills out the whole. Yeah, yeah play off each other's energy within the same room. If you even also think about it, the whole Met Gala after they did the quote unquote heist, when you see all of them walking in their dresses, it's all split screen. They could have filmed that days apart and put it all together in one scene. You never really actually see all eight of them in their dresses in one complete shot mm-hmm. out of the whole Met Gala. Yeah, mm, that's a shame. It is a shame. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful if dresses. You think of that that could have that could have worked when all of them are supposedly supposed to be there in the same location. Right. Yeah, it's all split screen. Hmm. Good point. Good point. Speaking of the Met Gala, uh, they worked with Vogue in particular to make sure that they got everything as factual as they could. It was very important to them, and you can understand why. You know, it, you wouldn't want to fake that, and and in a sense, it kind of becomes like fun to figure out. 
it, it's very meta, meta in that sense. Like, how are we going to figure out how to shoot, how to pull off this height in real, you know, based on what we actually have in real life? Um, I think that's wonderful. It's 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 uh, just part of the filmmaking process. And the cinematography was beautiful. Like that's another thing that actually really drew me in because if a movie looks good and I can be like visually entertained, I'm all in. And the trailer just with like all the vivid colors and the costumes and just like the speedy editing, I just thought it was like it was a very good job cinematography wise. Yeah, and that's why why it is so different from Ocean's Eleven because Soderbergh has his cinematography flair. It's yellow tones, very saturated, very high contrast. This one felt like a feel-good female film. I mean, it could, it, even though it was directed by a man. But looks-wise, color-wise, with the dresses um, and just the lighting, it felt more of a comedy heist mm-hmm. compared to Soderbergh, which felt like a thriller heist in a way. There was a lot of comedy in that, too. Um, you know, the diamonds. The diamonds. Um, well, I, I was definitely going to ask, yeah. like, as like, was was that the end ball be all diamond? Was that like the jewel of your eye? I don't know. They looked a little simple to me, honestly. Like what? I expected more. Well, because they didn't like sparkle as much as I thought <laughs> they would. I'll give you a secret for me. No jewel ever sparkles for me, but what makes me tingle is 150 million. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. But I thought I the, ones, the ones they were keeping in the fridge were like looked more lavish to me. Fair enough, Marissa. What about you? Well, well, I'm personally not really a jewel person, so and like I know I'm different from a lot of women, but the I think it is the the arbitrary number of like this is the value because yeah. when we went to. <laughs> In Ocean's Eleven, sorry, I keep making these comparisons, but you kind of have to. Ocean's Eleven, they're always like, we're making X amount of millions of dollars from Bellagio. This is X amount uh, from this necklace. So, like, you already have the an exact number for who, which person gets how much. So, like, I didn't mind the, the jewels. And even, and I don't know anything about jewelry and cutting. Uh, I think shine or sparkle is actually one of the terms that determine the value of it's clear yeah, it's cut clarity clarity, clarity yeah. and numbers and carrot I don't know it's a five C's I've had to it's a bunch of words to look at it's a bunch of words that define the value and like quantify the value of a jewel of, of a jewel yeah and, and, and they they are actual diamonds it's an actual it's Cartier uh, who's had a uh an amazing history at the movies, whether it be Some Like It Hot or Sunset Boulevard or High Society, these diamonds uh, fit, 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 fit the mold, so to speak, um, in terms of carrots, and they have an historic touch, and these were actually the first thought of when they were going to do this jewel heist. So the original was actually designed in 1931 by Jacques Cartier. Um, for the Mahahara of Nawangar, described as the finest cascade of colored diamonds in the world. They Maharaja? Look, Maharaja. They look like a cascade. I mean, look, you're either going to steal the those neckline. or the Hope, correct, or the, like, the Hope, Hope Diamond, diamond um, or the Pink Panther Diamond. Um, so I just like that they're actual, that this is an actual Cartier piece that yeah. has history. So... Um, Cartier used the Art Deco masterpiece as an inspiration for this very special order. And I think that that's, it's just crazy. I mean, it's great, great advertising for Cartier. Well, uh, here's here, all those things, wonderful. That thing in real life is worth over $100 million. Wow. Yeah. 
I am just shocked that they let that on set. I would have been the PA and been like, hey, you need me to carry that for you? I'll get it to Anne. <laughs> See ya. That's sure they would have trusted you. Yeah. <laughs> no different than they trusted Helena Carter. They, they just give her it to her hands and she gives it to Anne Hathaway. That would, according to Juliet, that would never happen. Right. But also, <laughs> when you think about it, in an actual production standpoint, I swear, ten feet away, there's probably three security guards watching that. So sure, that's not on camera. Now, here's the thing, too, is that the the remake of the necklace was actually made twenty uh, percent. It was reduced by twenty percent because the original was made for a man. So for for Anne Hathaway, they had to reduce it down twenty percent for her <sighs> neckline. Interesting. And she still found it. They to originally be, wow. made that for a man. What uh, man would well, wear I just that? Told you. It was for the Maharaja. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, yeah, that's right. It was for the Maharaja of Nawanagar. I, <laughs> Nawa- I, don't, I can't pronounce Nawanagar, <laughs> but yes. It was for the Maharaja of Nawanagar. So Naturally. 20% <laughs> they had to reduce it. Just Which, like all women interesting. pay. <laughs> oh. Uh, all women pay? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I paid for my... I paid for the diamonds that I bought. <laughs> all righty. Well, um... Any other behind-the-scenes aspect you guys want to talk about before we talk about pure box office numbers? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I I think they really captured the tone for what was happening on screen very well. Fair enough. Yeah, I'd like to see more of these characters. The Bushwick United Methodist Church in Brooklyn was used as their loft. Mm -hmm. Interesting. (laughs) Well, uh, speaking of, you know, uh, it's funny you mentioned uh, sequels, Taylor, because... There's no, there's no mystery about it. They've, they've gone to eight, so that way they can have nine and ten, and still keep the rest intact. That's so smart. Mind blown. That's very smart. Well, there you go. That's the truth. <laughs> My mind it. is blown. <laughs> so expect nine and ten. It, uh, but you know what? I'm actually okay with that because this movie was so fun. I would go see nine and ten. Me too. And they've already set them up that you, maybe we on. can do more of like the character interactions and seeing more of them together because we already know who they are. And maybe those movies we can have more fleshed out time with yeah. these characters. Now that we understand the personalities, now we can understand the backstory. Okay, hire me and Marissa to write Ocean's Nine. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> hire me just to be on set. Honestly. Yeah. Carry the diamonds. Absolutely. I'd be No, <laughs> I carry the diamonds. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> uh, we'll get a cut, okay. About uh, $55 million right now globally from uh, last time I checked. Uh, against a budget of about $70 million. That's just production budget. doesn't include the marketing budget, which you expect was relatively high on something what? like this. $70 million production budget. Well, that's under a hundred, so that's not too too shabby. You got to figure throwing them another uh, thirty to forty million, so you're looking at over a hundred. All in, you're looking at about a hundred and fifty. Um, thus far, fifty nine million domestic, um, foreign it did twenty million. So you're looking at worldwide box office at seventy nine so far. Not too shabby. Um, good word of mouth from from people. Um, critics you know lambasted it at all or lambasted at all it's uh trying to see where it is uh rotten tomatoes wise and i think it 69 got 69 like at the moment b plus on cinema score yeah so uh there's a rewatchability factor in this movie it's very smart that it came out in the summer too this definitely feels like a summer popcorn movie yeah and there's like I, you know <clears throat> tag's going to be fun um whatnot and obviously incredibles too will do really well but but uh, as far as like just straight women's demo um 
I think this has some legs. Absolutely. And the time of the year, too, because the Met Gala event every year is May. And this movie came out first week of June. So it's, yeah. it is close to the timeline of when this event would actually happen. Yeah, it's fresh in everyone's mind, I think. Indeed. Final thoughts before we wrap things out. I think it's brilliant to put Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett and Anne Hathaway together. That That is an amazing trifecta. That does bring crowds. That is smart on production and acting. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I liked all the supporting characters, too. I mean, you can't really go wrong with Sarah Paulson. You can't go wrong with Helena Bonham Carter. Like, it was just a, a really fun movie. And I think everyone did mesh really well together. And it was it was fun. It was just a fun movie. Dimitri? I just felt they deserved better as mm-hmm. actresses. I think they're all talented women. And I, and, and I don't mind seeing... I think it's a great idea to go forward and make an all-female, <clears throat> driven, heist type of a movie you can do smarter and better next time that's all I like seeing I want to see more of these women together uh, and I think that they can have a better time and just get a stronger script that's all well here's what's exciting Oprah told E.T. that she would be down to be in a sequel give me Oprah and Ocean's Nine adding her to the list yes Uh, so many women would go to that she has a poll. That would she be has amazing. Power. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, thank you guys, as always, for joining us. Of course, you can leave your comments. Let us know what you thought. Uh, in fact, here's a fun little question. If you could get any woman in a, in a basically a lineup to be like the, the women of a heist movie, who would your picks be? Hmm. And to direct it, though, too. Oh, and to direct it. I think we should get a female director Nancy Myers. to do this. Nancy Myers, I said. I want Mariska Hargitay leading mine. Mm. Oh, okay. Nancy Myers to direct um, all right. Well, there you go. Um, uh, at Serafini TV for Marissa. That's right. Taylor, I don't know your Twitter. It's all right. You guys can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Alpha underscore and on Instagram at Taylor underscore Gates underscore. I had so much fun. Thanks for having me. And at DMovies1701 for Dimitri. Yes. And I'm at Phil Svitek. At Bonjour Julia in the booth. Thank you guys as always. We've got lots to look forward to and lots in the rearview mirror. Um, I'm trying to think of other uh, movies we've done similar to this. Logan Lucky. Let's just say if you like heist movies, uh, we mentioned that. So check that out. And other movies. We'll see you next time on another Anatomy of Movie. Bye. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.